Welcome back, everybody, to Tailgates and Turnovers, the official film crew college football podcast. After a long hiatus of a week, it is I, Tyler, back again with Bennett. Bennett, how you been this past week, man? It's it's good, man. I haven't been to uh, the movies in two years, but if Michigan State keeps up like this, I'm just going to have to start going again on Saturdays and just not watching them. <laughs> going to have to find a way to kill time. It's uh, rough yeah, going. When, when, when's, the, when's the last time you went to the movies? Oh, man. I Let's see. I went and saw Dune back in December. Oh, I just went and saw uh, the Rogue One IMAX re-release last month oh, nice. or back, at, back in August. That was incredible. That's uh, I haven't I haven't been since COVID. Like, really? Since, oh man! Like January before I went and saw nineteen seventeen. But before that, I was going to like three movies a month. I just yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it like, never I, again. yeah. it's um, the State Museum IMAX that we have here in Indianapolis. It's the biggest one in like the region. I'm pretty sure, and it's like eighty five feet long, and it's it's a huge theater, and it's just a great experience. So, highly recommend for anybody in in the Indiana area. I started preferring the Dolby's compared. See, you prefer yeah. the Dolby's. Yeah. I prefer the Dolby's for sure. Yeah. I, I honestly don't even know if I've seen one in just a Dolby theater. I've, it's only ever been just like a standard theater and IMAX. So that's, uh, that's the only basis I've got going on. But um, man, this past weekend in college football was certainly a movie of some kind. It was, uh, it lived up to the hype and it was, it was definitely blood week this week. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? Venom too? Let, let there be blood. It'll That's pretty carnage, much what we saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking of cinema. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, yeah. A lot of teams going off. I mean, it will. Oh, I wasn't happy results. with my team's results. So I can't be mad. I'm, all I, I'm just glad that Notre Dame didn't play this week. Cause something bad definitely would have happened. Not like something bad hasn't happened already this year with the Marshall loss, but man, that was just what De- Notre Dame definitely would have been a team that got snake bit by by Blood Week this week. Yeah, I'm going to bring that back up in a little bit, but oh, yeah. we'll we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I think we just need to get right into some of these games, especially some of the the higher the higher surprise level matchups here. So uh, we're just going to start off with the one that put the most news out there. Uh, Illinois just dominated Wisconsin, thirty four to ten in uh, Burt Bielema's homecoming back to the old stomping grounds. And he he made the best use of it. He ran his successor out of a job. That's, uh, that's a pretty big flex for, for Bielema. Yeah, it wasn't good, especially, like, you remember when he left Wisconsin, they were all like, Burt who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he reminds um, me. Yeah, well, it, I remember even, like, uh, probably like a month ago, I asked you, I was like, what's, what's the ceiling for Paul Christ? And we were like, I mean, it could be 10 wins, but I mean, realistically, I didn't see it getting any better than it was. So, well, and like, and you look at the recruiting classes, which I mean, the recruiting classes are, in my opinion, the most important thing for a head coach in terms of long term, like being able to build a program correctly. And the recruiting classes just didn't shake out for Chris at all. And, you know, Wisconsin's not in a good spot talent wise or anything like that. Like you got, you got good O-linemen, you got good D-linemen coming out of there, but Skill players, not a ton of talent, really. And he just didn't really – I don't know if it was an effort thing. He didn't want to go that far outside of the region to recruit, but he just didn't, and it suffered a lot. I, mean, I can't it, I can't think of any skill players off the top of my head besides, like, Jared Aberderis. <laughs> like, that's, that's the one that comes to mind, like, in the last 
10, 15 years. Hey, Jonathan Taylor. Um, well, yeah, yeah, not not running backs. Yeah, receivers. receivers and tight ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Troy Fumagalli doesn't do it for you? No, uh, as, as far as running backs, I mean, it's like, yeah. Running backs, I mean, Melvin Gordon, yeah, they Jonathan Taylor, out. James White. like Which is, again, a product of that offense of being able to recruit offensive line and, you know, have that talent in the backyard the way that they do. But, yeah, I mean, outside of that, like the quarterback play, they haven't really gotten a – bona fide quarterback since the one year that they had Russell Wilson and they just have, they had Graham Mertz coming in as a five-star prospect. So you thought maybe they'd be able to turn it around, but he's just, he's been, uh, he's been inconsistent. We'll say that he's, he's pretty much stunk whenever he's had to play a team of the polls. Yeah. I remember Russell Wilson. Cause that was going back to our mailbag episode. That was like my worst moment when they beat the Michigan State in the Big Ten championship. Dangerous. Yeah, and it was um, whatever. I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah, but um, yeah, they they didn't do what they they had two rushing yards against Illinois. That's not Wisconsin which is, football. That's not Wisconsin football. Um, but that, that might it, have been it the thing like, that got Chris fired. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, I didn't think he was in danger, but uh, I I guess he really was like and. He's a Wisconsin guy. Like he played quarterback there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he, you know, he came up with the OC back in the day. Went to Pittsburgh for a couple of years. Came back home. Yeah. Um, and it, it sounds like they're going to give Jim Leonard almost like a tryout to see what he can do. I mean, over the rest of the season. But it's the offense hasn't been clicking, and the defense has been good for years. And he's kind of been the one heading up. So I, I think it makes sense because he's been the name that popped up for like the Nebraska job. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And, yeah, I, I do think that is part of it, the fact that he was getting looks for some of these head coaching positions. I, If if that hadn't been a factor, I think Chris probably would have ridden out the rest of the season. But just with, with Leonard getting some serious consideration from some programs for a head coaching position, the Wisconsin administration probably felt like they had to make a move there. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, they're starting off 0-2 in conference play. Got the shit beat out of them by Illinois, like – they're just bad right now. Yeah, it's not a good spot. Ha- have you heard about when Leonard was there as a player? I, I-, I saw this on his Wikipedia page. Uh-uh. So, so he was a three-time first-team All-American as a sophomore, junior, and senior, but he walked on as a freshman, and they didn't give him a scholarship until his senior year. So he was a first-team All-American as a <laughs> sophomore, a junior, and he, did- and he didn't have a scholarship. Oh, my God. Got to earn it there. Yeah. But I mean, he was good in the NFL too. Like he, uh, yeah, he was solid. <laughs> I mean, man, that's some high standards where you can get one year as an All American and still not get a scholarship, and you gotta you gotta get another one in there before we we give it to you. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I uh, all the all the other names that I've initially seen are the same bullshit that's popping up for all the other jobs too. It's you know, Leipold, Leipold, Campbell, Campbell, O'Brien, all that shit. Yeah. yeah, it's all the same stuff. Scott Frost. Leipold's was yes, yeah, Scott Frost. Oh God. Leipold's Wisconsin Whitewater, right? Mm-hmm. That's that, that's where that's he was where he before. Came from, yeah, I think so. So that one that one might make a little bit of sense. I, I more of a hometown move. I, I heard this on the radio. Would you rather have this job or the Nebraska job as a head coach? Nebraska. I, yeah, me too. It's just the money and resources and prestige. Like it. Yeah, Nebraska was a power program at one point. I yeah, in terms of just like the straight up prestige of the job and the things that come alongside with it, definitely Nebraska. 
the standards. I don't even know what the standards at Nebraska are, like what they expect anymore. It's it's just such a the, weird the stand. Uh, the standard is the standard. Yeah, exactly. Wisconsin. I mean, they're happy to win the division and just make it to the Big Ten championship. I think so. Uh, they're going to be able to get somebody in there. Maybe Leonard is going to be able to take the job full time. Um, and then it's going to depend on who they bring in as an OC and what they're able to do there because that offense has got to modernize if Wisconsin gives a damn about competing in modern college football. Yeah, they got to get some sort of passing game and a quarterback. They can't just run the ball 40 times a game like they're Stanford. Right. The team will get to later and just hope they can do it. They are. They have enough talent. They can't. They have enough talent, or they can get enough talent to be able to run a modern college offense. They're not like, like you said, Stanford. They're not like these teams that are bottom feeders that have to play the ball a certain way. Like they can, they can play modern college football and be good at it. It's just a matter of being having the drive to and having the right scheme, I guess. But yeah, yeah there's. There's some other names I've seen pop up, like like Dave Doran from Wake Forest, where I'm like, that would be good. Like he he runs a really good offense at Wake Forest. I mean, you can see they score 35 points every week, not yeah. just running the ball. So I, I've seen Dave Aranda pop up, which I'm like, he's not leaving Baylor for Wisconsin. That seems like at best a lateral move at this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Matt Campbell's and, probably looking to get out. Of yeah, Iowa I mean, State, so. and money changes. I mean, money can overrule some of that stuff. Like you know, we saw that. We've seen that a couple times at this point, where coaches take maybe lateral moves, um, and the money is a big factor there. So it's not out of the question that Aranda would be pulled to Wisconsin if they felt like throwing some money down. I just don't know if Wisconsin's gonna throw that kind of money down. How much do you think he's making right now? Didn't they, didn't they pay him? Didn't they pay him a pretty good amount after last year? He's making four four a year, so he could make more at Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. The the thing I'm seeing says six mil a year, so it's somewhere in that range. I, he Wisconsin yeah. could pay that money if they really wanted to pull him. So we'll have to see. Yeah. But on the flip side of this, I mean, where does Chris end up? Uh, do, you, do you just want me to like take a stab in the dark? Sure. Uh, I think. Paul Christ ends up at Louisville. Oh, Louisville. Okay. Because I think I think Scott Satterfield's getting canned. I think he's getting the axe. Like it's, yeah, especially after this week. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll just we'll, I mean we'll brush over that game, but it's he's not doing a good job, and he's got some ACC roots, so that makes sense. I I, I think he's I mean like he's still like a top twenty five coach in the nation probably. Like, yeah, I would say. I mean, Wisconsin was is consistently like a nine to ten win team. So yeah, I mean, if you're able to do that, you're automatically a good coach. It's just a ma- like that's going to be a big culture change for Louisville, honestly. <laughs> like going from like the Lamar Jackson offenses, the high flying offenses that they've had in the past, to Paul Christ. So that <laughs> that'll be interesting. What, do you have anything? You got any guesses? See, it depends on if he's going to go somewhere as a head coach or as an OC. Uh, he could try to do the save and rehab clinic <laughs> uh, if O'Brien ends up getting a job or something. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. Uh, I do like the Louisville call. I, I think that's not a bad one. Um, honestly, it depends on how far he wants to go down, but like Niamatololo at Navy is probably done. That seems like one where the culture and mindset would fit, so... Who knows? Like, dude, honestly, he could he could end up at Tech at Georgia Tech. Sorry, not just Tech, Georgia Tech. 
It's like, so it's so weird because like he is like if you put an AI program and just said make me a Wisconsin football head coach, like that it would churn out Paul Christ. Like that's the weird thing about this. So it's hard to see him in a different environment. I, when he was at Pittsburgh, though, like it wasn't run, 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 run. Like it, it's just it's just weird how it ended up that way at Wisconsin. Like it was a little more uh, what's the word innovative. And he just went back to his roots of when he was there before he went to Pitt and just yeah. ran the ball. Did what worked until until it's not working, like right now. So, going to see what happens with Wisconsin going forward. Not looking great, honestly. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're going to be able to – they'll be bowl eligible. I have no doubt of that. But um, You sure? I, I think they will. The Big Ten – we'll talk about the Big Ten West here in a second. But they'll be able to get a couple more wins out of the Big Ten West here. But mm-hmm. – um, Moving on, we've got to say goodbye to our our Golden Gopher fandom here because Purdue just absolutely stifled them and won twenty to ten. Was not expecting that in the slightest. Um, they, I mean, the Gophers ran for less than two yards of carry. Like they did not run the ball well. Tanner Morgan didn't play well. He threw three picks in the game. One of those was a fluky pick. I don't know if you saw any, if you watched any of that game or saw any highlights, but. It was a touchdown pass that bounced out of his receiver's hands and landed up in the hands of a defensive back. So it's like, it's one of those things. Like that's seven points, fourteen point swing right there, potentially. Yeah. Like, and what what you were saying? I mean, like uh, Mo Ibrahim didn't play, and I, I didn't think it would be like that big of a difference. But like, apparently he um, is. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> last week we were talking like they were, you know, the best team in the nation, but. They were, and if you looked at all the you know quote unquote advanced stats, they were. But maybe Mohi Ibrahim is that big of a difference maker. Honestly, um, mm, maybe maybe Michigan State just sucks. Like it's possible. real bad. It's possible. But I mean, what does this do for the Big Ten West? It just makes it back to being a shit show. Like uh, I, I was Iowa. Confident. Iowa is going to win the Big Ten West. Yeah, I'm feeling like we're going to be back to. <laughs> More things change, the more they stay the same. Unfortunately, I think I think you're probably going to be right. It, it depends. Minnesota, I think, still has enough talent to win the Big Ten West, um, but it it's just going to be tough. Now they do have that loss. I mean, and like they're tied with Purdue now. I think Purdue only has one division loss or one conference loss, even. So, like, it's just going to be. I think it's going to end up just being a little more down to the wire than we anticipated it being, based on the way Minnesota was playing. But I think they'll be able to turn it around. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be okay, especially if Ibrahim can get healthy. Um, I, I also think that um, their wide receiver that went down for the year, Chris Autumn Bell, I think that's his name, that really hurt. Like, I know they spread it out well, but, I mean, Tanner Morgan can't play like that either, or he's just in trouble. Like, they're all in trouble. Yeah, for sure. And, but, I mean, they have to be able to figure out what to do if Ibrahim's not on the field. Like, they have to be able to work around that, so – just remains to be seen what they're going to do next. Um, looking at their schedule going forward here, it's – I mean, this, their schedule is not that hard, honestly. Like, they do not have a super tough schedule coming up. I think their next game might be against Illinois. Yeah, it's against Illinois. Illinois is a good team, um, but after that, they've got Penn State, which is another good one. And then they've got three games against Rutgers, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Like – they're going to be able to get those three wins off. And then they finish off with Iowa and Wisconsin. Iowa's going to be a tough one. And I think Wisconsin just might be 
might be an easier win for them than we had anticipated going in. I think even across the board, like we thought Minnesota was a little more innovative, but it turns out everyone in the Big Ten West is just if you can run the ball and play defense, you can win some games, except for <laughs> Purdue. And I mean, like Aiden O'Connell didn't even have to do much to win this game. No, he like, didn't. Yeah. So I, I think it's just whoever can play the best defense and score like 28 points, like right. is going to win the division. Yeah, 28 points total over the rest of the season, you mean? <laughs> no, no, like per game. Whoever can win 28 that game, yeah. that week. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, if Iowa can do, if Iowa can score 28 points the rest of the season, oh, they're playoff bound. it'll be okay. If Iowa, yeah. if Iowa can score 28 points a game, they would be playoff bound. Oh, man. So we're going to adjust the sketch. We're going to adjust the uh, the slate here a little bit because I want to move one up that is just a huge – this is probably the biggest shock of the week. It was Georgia Tech beating Pittsburgh 26 to 21. Pittsburgh was a 22 point favorite at home playing an interim coach, and they lost. Yeah, nobody was there per usual at uh, that's now Acrisure Stadium, but it's, I mean, Gus Malzahn's been talking shit, so much shit. And I'm actually pretty happy to just see it go downhill for them. I, I've been I've been I, I've been beating the Pittsburgh's not good drum. Yeah. I, I have. You have like yeah, and I'm I'm gonna take it. Uh yeah, Brent Key, big win. He didn't even know what to do after the game. He was like, I Oh, I, I, I gotta take an interview. Like what what do you mean? Yeah, what the hell do I wanna do this right now? I mean he's uh, a yeah, he's a tech I, alum too. Like that's gotta be a big one for him with how he's bad. a tech alum, but like he he used to be the Alabama line coach, so yeah. like he's he's had some big jobs. Um, he's got some bona fide but, credentials uh, there. They they need to stick to schedule and not hire him as their next head coach, <laughs> like, no matter what he does for the rest of the year. Yeah, they they um, gotta try to get an established name. I think. I, I heard something on Stable Show. They they said like the last I think thirty one um, assistant head coaches that got interim jobs haven't been promoted to head coach. Really? Yeah, which wow. sounds like a lot. Like I mean, I can remember when it happened at Michigan State, but that was in nineteen ninety nine, and then. I remember when uh, Rich Rod left West Virginia, it happened. But um, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of another one. Because, I mean, Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, like, he he didn't even have a chance to be an interim head coach. He was just, like, straight up promoted. Like Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, that, it's that same way even with other guys like Lincoln Riley and stuff like that. Like, you know, Bob Sears retires, you're the head coach. or So there you go. Yeah, no interim about it. So, I mean, that they definitely should not hire him as a full-time head coach, but it will be interesting to see if he can pull any more wins out because it's still not a talented roster, but he was able to get a win against what a lot of people, including myself saw as a top 25, top 25 adjacent team. And Mm -hmm. they were able to play their style of football. They forced three turnovers and they didn't commit any, which is huge. Like if you got to win the turnover battle, if you want to get an upset like that, and obviously they did get some help. Uh, Israel Abanikanda left in the first half with an injury and Vincent Davis and followed that up by fumbling twice in his own territory. Like that's not good. But at the same time, like Pitt did not get going on offense at all until like the very end of the game. You can't do that. Uh, on top of that, I saw they were um, two for 12 on third down. So, I mean, like, you, you literally didn't move the ball all day. Turnover um, battle and the third down battle. I mean, those are going to be probably two of the bigger indicators of what's going to be successful there. 
but yeah, I mean, big, the biggest win in the the Jeff Collins uh, history of Jeff Collins, and he wasn't even there. Oh man, so. he built that program and didn't even get to see the fruition. <laughs> oh man, what a waste of time yeah. for Tech. Uh, Good for the I jacket. Mean, Good for the jackets, though. Way to get the win. We know our uh, our Penn State contributors were probably celebrating that that loss by by Pittsburgh, so. Uh, they get to enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yep. So next up, we had almost as big of an upset. We were so close with Missouri losing to Georgia. They ended up not being able to pull off. They were leading up until like four minutes left in the game. Like I had this one on the entire game. And me, me too. I was I was at a wedding in um, North Georgia, up in the mountains, and like a lot of them are Georgia alums, like they're crazy oh, for yeah. the dogs. And they they had a TV going, and I mean, like a lot of people were watching. Like vibes were low, about, <laughs> about as low as they could be. At half, and I bet that half they were sweating a little bit there. It was mainly me and one of my other buddies just sitting there watching the game, and. Um, He's he's big into it, like he knows it all, and he was just yeah, he really was sweating. And they they even said it. He was like at one point he's like, he's not yelling at people, so you know they're in trouble talking about Kirby. <laughs> like he, like you know he's getting nervous. Yeah, that was probably with four minutes left in the third, but um, and they're still down yeah, double the, digits at that point. Like <laughs> I, it cannot be overstated how in control of this game Missouri was until the very end. Like. Georgia scored a touchdown and it felt like the wheels just came off for Missouri. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple weeks ago, we're, we're talking, you know, we're praising uh, Todd Munkin for this great offense. You know, you want to be a head coach, you better fucking do your job. Yeah, like, they um, did not. Eventually they, but, got the, eventually they got the run game going, but yes, this game, I this might be a hot take. I mean, it was probably way too early to tell, but some questions now. Like yeah, ab- absolutely. But also, I think I think the bar is set so high compared to where they were last year, especially on defense. Yeah. But this offense is even more mature. Like, they should not be having these problems. Right, yeah. I think the defense, realistically, the defense did fine. I mean, they didn't, they didn't play a lights-out game like everybody expected them to. Like, I don't think anybody expected Missouri to put up as many points as they did. But the offense, like – you scored. I mean, you scored twelve points in three quarters against Missouri. Like, yeah. I I don't know what you're supposed to do with that and be confident about it. I mean, the defense they held Missouri to twenty two points total. They after the second quarter was the big, the big offensive output for Missouri. They scored thirteen in the second quarter, but I mean the rest of it they held them to a field goal a quarter. Like, the defense did its job for the most part. Obviously, there's yeah. like individual drives where they give stuff up, but. I mean that's football. That's gonna happen. Luckily, I mean they've got a pretty soft schedule going coming up. But um, Jalen Carter, he took a bad, bad cut block. I mean he's a projected top ten, top yeah. fifteen pick. And I mean yeah, he's he's gonna be out for at least a week or two. They're they're saying MCL sprain, not tear. So I I mean uh, at least it's just a sprain. Then I mean that's obviously still not good, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, but some of these guys, I mean, like um, McClunky, Bowers, Stetson, like they got to step up. I mean, they're not getting pressured that much to where 
they should be having these problems. No. And also, like like Milton or somebody has to get the run game going. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, did you see the Missouri kicker? The guy, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's out there wearing 92. So when we were sitting there watching it uh, on the TV, I'm, I'm looking up there like, oh, damn, they're winding this fucking guy up for 55 yards. He's like, dude, he hit one from 50. But he says, he's like, he hit one from 52 earlier that was good from like 64. But this is the same guy that missed a field goal to beat Auburn last week. Yeah. Uh, like an extra point, basically. So I'm like, SEC East right now is, um, I'm not. Everybody is very concerned about Tennessee that I spoke to. That's that's the and it's what we've been beating the drum on that Tennessee is good. No one's really worried about Florida. No one's worried about South Carolina. It's it's Tennessee is the one that's starting to freak everybody out. Yeah, and Kentucky now. I think Kentucky's been plenty exposed that nobody's really worried about them either. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. But I I think they're still pretty good. It's just we they're they're properly ranked. I I, yeah, I, I would say they're still a pretty good team, just in terms of being a challenge to Georgia. Like I'm, I am less concerned about Kentucky as a threat to Georgia than I was like two or three weeks ago. Um, I would I would agree. It's just the Georgia Georgia two weeks in a row not beating up on your opponents that you should be beating up on between Missouri and Kent State. I mean, it's it's not looking good. And Kent State Kent State and Missouri are tied for the most points scored against that Georgia defense right now. I, yeah, and I mean, you've got Auburn next week, which is like a big rivalry game. Like yeah. you got to button it up. I mean, Auburn hasn't looked good either, but no. it, 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 things get tri- things get weird in that game. Rivalry so. games are weird. I mean, same thing with Florida. Like obviously, Florida Florida's a better football team than Auburn is too. So I mean, that's something where you still gotta you still gotta show up. They have you sure about that? You, you, you sure about that? I, I I would say Florida's probably better than Auburn. I'm getting less and less confident about it as the season goes on, though. Um, but they've got four weeks before they play Tennessee, so they got three games. They got Auburn, Vandy, and then Florida, and then in between Vandy and Florida, they have a bye. So like they've got four weeks to get it figured out. But they play three. They play two at three as of net right now, ranked top twenty five teams in a row after that. And then they finish off with Georgia Tech, who, you know, who knows? <laughs> they, yeah. They did it this time. Maybe they just keep building up. But, I mean, they've got to get the offense figured out. They looked so good the first three weeks, and then they've just kind of sputtered. Yeah, no, they, their schedule is always set up that way with the bye before Florida and Tech last. But Having the bye uh, before Florida yeah. might screw them this year. I think it will help. I think it will I, – I think a bye is always good for everybody just getting – you know the basics down. Oh, you know, getting yeah. back to the basics a little bit. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, right. I feel like they would probably take that by instead of, of doing Tennessee instead of Florida. Like having the buy before it then. But, yeah, I mean, they, everyone definitely doesn't like Tennessee, but I mean, Florida. You got to you got to beat Florida. Yeah, for so. sure. So yeah, dogs got to figure some some stuff out before they play Florida and then Tennessee. So we'll see if they're able to. Uh, next up, we've got Mississippi State. Finally putting to rest Jimbo Fisher's aspirations at a playoff this year. AM fans came talking a lot of rah-rah about how the season was going to go. Obviously, they came off of an all-time recruiting class who, I mean, realistically, some of those guys are going to transfer out. I mean, they took five defensive linemen. Like, those guys aren't – all five of those guys are not staying all four years. If they are, they're kind of dumb, honestly. Yeah, you can't even rotate them in enough to make them – 
worth can't make it worth it. Yeah. So, but don't think anybody expected them to get their shit kicked in by uh, Mississippi State. Honestly, not not like this. Uh, not like this, but Vegas did. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think it was like a touchdown. Yeah, Mississippi State was favored by a touchdown, but I mean, forty-two to twenty-four. Like, you'd have to be a big time bulldog homer to say, "Oh yeah, I think I think Mississippi State can pour it on them." They yeah, pour them on them. No, I, I wouldn't say pour it on. I'm not. I was higher on Mississippi State before they lost to LSU, but now I, I think I'm back on. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> college football just peaks and valleys. Um, they. Mississippi State held Texas A&M scoreless through a half, and the defense played pretty well, honestly. Like, three of A&M's four turnovers were in the red zone, and I don't know if that says more about A&M than it does about Mississippi State, but their quarterback yeah. situation is still bad, man. It's really bad. But, yeah, so they they had four trips inside the red zone and got outscored 7-3. to three. Yeah. Like, that you can't do that and win football games. I Jimbo has – to hire an offensive coordinator, he cannot get the job done. Like he has to do something else, or at least like a consultant or yeah, something. Paul Christ. Oh, God, <laughs> have you tried running the ball more? <laughs> they run the ball a good amount. They just yeah, it doesn't work. It's like this. It's the shotgun read option crap that is seven years dated, eight years dated. Yeah, and. You know, Max Johnson got hurt in the fourth quarter and Haynes King came back. He did end up throwing a touchdown. Um, I think he threw a pick as well, though. That like they they don't have a good quarterback, but they're bringing these guys in. These guys are not bad quarterbacks coming out of high school. Like they're bringing in blue chip quarterbacks. Jimbo's who's, just not developing them. Who's the the other one? Is it uh, is it Wegman? Yeah, Wegman. Yeah, I mean he. Honestly, he probably just didn't get enough reps to even like make it worth putting him in. But like, right. he, you got to take a shot. I mean, he's a he's. I think he's a five or at least a high four star. Like, yeah, and I mean, it, if, if Johnson's out for an extended period, like, you feel comfortable rolling with Haynes King after what we've seen so far this season? Because I sure shit wouldn't. No, I wouldn't do it. And unless they do make a change on the offensive staff, like, are they going to be able to bring in a quarterback? on the recruiting trail. Cause like they had one Eli Holstein who ended up decommitting for the 2023 class. And he's an Auburn commit now or not Auburn, Alabama commit. Now Alabama has two top 100 quarterback commits in the same class, which is just absolute bullshit. But like A&M not going to be able to get these high end guys that they're wanting. If they're not able to put a good product out on the field and that Jimbo is not doing that right now. Yeah. We're in year five. You can't keep on, it's it's the 76ers. You can't keep on saying trust the process and it'll work out. I mean, the stars do matter. Be, yeah. Stars do matter, but like you should be here by now. It's about how to or use at least or at least being close to being here. I mean, maybe maybe this was a look ahead game to this next week. I mean, everyone's been hyping up this Alabama A&M game for all summer. But sucks to suck. Yeah. When you lose that badly like God, off the cuff, like I don't know. I feel like Alabama's probably going to win by thirty. It feels like it feels like one of those games, especially yeah, in, I, in Tuscaloosa. I saw the early line; it's it's like twenty something for sure. Oh, I mean, then, yeah, they're absolutely winning by that. And after, I mean, like they beat them last year, so you know Saban is 
you know, out for blood. Oh, he's had that. He's had that game circled on his calendar the entire time. It's it's going to be. I don't think it's going to go very well for A and M. Yeah, not good at all. Forty two twenty. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're going to – I was going to say 42 final score, uh, a palindrome, which is fun, but it's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily important. Um, yeah, I mean, all that needs to be said, A&M's going to solidly out of our top 25 now. They are, they've sunk like a stone from where they were, and justifi- justifiably so. A&M and the next team we're going to talk about as well. The next team being the Oklahoma Sooners. They, uh, they got boomered. They got boomered hard. Um, <laughs> TCU, this is what pouring on looks like. 55-24 to 24 final score, and Max Duggan just went the hell off. 418 I, total yards, five total touchdowns. Shit pumping. I, I once again want to pat myself on the back. <laughs> Sorry, we cut out, but I, I once again want to pat myself on the back during the Big 12 preview, you and EOS were like, nah, nah, nah. I was like, you guys have been talking too bad about Texas Christian University. Like, they're they're gonna be good. I did. I was a little. I was more down on them than apparently I should have been. So yeah, this take your victory lap. This is this is the time to do it when when the takes are flowing and when everything's going well. We we were, we were worried about um, Zach Evans transferring out. I was like, Kendry Miller is really good. I mean, he's been averaging like seven, eight yards a carry. Like it's it's all up from here. Yeah. Um, just to, just to rub some salt on the wound, did you see who Texas uh, to TCU's offensive coordinator is? Uh, no, I did not. It's it goes. He goes by the name of Riley Garrett Riley. Oh yeah, <laughs> so Lincoln, Lincoln. I heard that actually. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I've forgotten that. But yeah, Lincoln Riley's brother is the offensive coach, offensive coordinator for TCU. How man? How mad are Oklahoma fans because of this loss right now? <laughs> They gotta be I, serious. You can't, you can't put it all on Venables. Like I mean, it's year one. It is year one, but at the same time, giving up fifty-five points to TCU, like when you are a defensive coach that has the kind of pedigree that you do, and when you've had the kind of defenses that you've had, like at some point you have to take responsibility for that. Yeah, it's, it's like six hundred yards, I think, on the like of total offense. Like, 668. And I think they probably could have had more. Like, I mean, they, I think they finally slowed down in the fourth quarter a little bit. Yeah, nine yards per play. I mean, just looking at it right now. Like, Max Duggan ran for 116. He had 23 yards per carry and two touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, the, and, the one that he had, the long one. I mean, he was just like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how nobody caught him. He doesn't look that fast. He but. doesn't. He was bobbing and weaving, though. And then Kendrick Miller, I mean, he ran 10 and a half yards a carry, 13 carries for 136 yards with two touchdowns. Like, they just ran all over Oklahoma. And I know that they have their talent deficiencies on the defensive front. They're, they should be able to fix that at some point. But Oklahoma's defense is bad, bad. Like, it, I don't know if it ever looked this bad last year. No. I, I don't know that it ever looked this bad in the last ten years, but I um I, I talked about it. I they've they're like their spread every year is like ten and a half. Like they win ten games every year or eleven, and like I think this is finally going to be the first year where they might win like eight. Yeah, I mean, if that defense doesn't get any better, they are going to be running into some tough teams that are going to be able to take advantage of that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And had a couple of really bad injuries in this game too. Um, don't know if you saw any of those, but Dylan Gabriel 
took a targeting hit in the helmet uh, in the second quarter and went out. Brutal hit. He was down there for a few minutes. Um, and then uh, DeMond Harmon got carted off on a stretcher in the fourth quarter with a neck head or neck injury. I don't. Th- I I think there may have been some news about that since then. I th- Venable said that his neck is believed to be stable. They were waiting on a second opinion the last I checked. But like the game was delayed. Like if you looked on ESPN, like on the app, the game was delayed. Like that's how long that he was down. He wasn't moving, and it it was scary. It's one of those things where, you know, the announcers always talk about, oh, this is where the game gets serious and everything. Like this is where it becomes about more than football, and you just kind of have to take a look in the mirror and be like, why the hell am I watching this? Sometimes when you see shit like yeah. this happen. Uh, like, yeah, like even, I mean, we're, we're pivoting like last, was it Sunday night or Monday night to like, I mean, like just like awful, awful injuries. And I mean, sometimes they, they keep on playing the replay as well. And like, you're like, Dude, you just, you just got to stop. Yeah. And the one thing to ESPN's credit for this injury, for the DeMond Harmon injury, they did not do that. And I was very, very grateful that they didn't. Cause I, I actually missed the play that it actually happened. I still haven't seen it. But I mean, I was watching shortly after the injury happened, and they never showed the replay. So good on good on ESPN for that. But circle back around, OU's defense is bad. TCU's good. I mean, you you were right to be high on them. They're looking pretty good, and they're they've entered the top twenty five rankings pretty much everywhere now. And OU has dropped out, which is completely deserved. Yeah, I think we had them eighteenth last week, and I mean, you lose a second game this early, you can't be yeah. ranked in the top twenty-five, especially so. especially that badly. Yeah, it was it was gnarly to yeah. say the least. <laughs> like, but I, I I don't know if Venable's system is too complex for these guys. Like, if he doesn't have the athletes in place, like he's got to figure it out and figure it out very quick on his defense. But I mean, the offense has been fine. Yeah, uh, I know. Obviously, this week they had some problems. We, we always said it was going to come down to Dylan Gabriel. If he could stay healthy, he got hurt. I mean, he, he's a small guy. He's like 5'10". Yeah. Like, it's... OU, I mean, OU had this, had this problem with Lincoln Riley, and that's kind of where you can put some of, deflect some of the blame away from Venables. Lincoln Riley is one of the worst offensive line and defensive line recruiters as a head coach that I've ever seen. Like, he just does not give a shit about that because he is all about the skill positions. Um. And Venables has to fix that. I think he will eventually. I mean, I feel like he, as a defensive guy, he's probably prone to being pro-trench there. So I, th- I think eventually they will get it fixed. But who knows how short this leash is on him. Like, not this year, obviously. But, I mean, you just got to wonder at some point. if I'm sure people are having some second thoughts about it after, watch, after watching that game in the immediate aftermath. It's it's always so hard. It's like, who else are you going to get? Right, like, yeah. And he's an Oklahoma guy. Like he was there for the national championship. He's he's been there before. Like he's honestly, I think he's been kind of waiting for this job. Like this was the one that he wanted, and he wanted to go back to Norman or Oklahoma City, whatever you want to call it, and just do it. Right. So yeah. So got. I mean, I'm sure he's got plenty long of a leash, but with more, if losses like these pile up. That leash is definitely getting tighter. Oh life. yeah, oh yeah. This this is when I was going to ask it. Uh, is what would you rather get blown out like this or lose to Marshall in your first year? Oh, easily get blown out like this. That's a power <laughs> five team that you're talking about. Um, the nice the, the nice thing about the loss to Marshall was that Texas A and M made it look a lot better by losing to App State. So 
it was just it was it was fun belt weekend. You know, we were just part of a fun, nice little fun belt weekend, and this is just a little blood week matchup. But um, I don't blood, think blood week. I don't think blood week's stopping. I think it's gonna be like blood month. Like, I, I hope so. Honestly, like I would love for it to be just a parody filled college football experience for an extended period. Like that would be just great for the game. We might not get an undefeated team in the playoff. Honestly, maybe I the odds of that are low, but yeah, th- there will be one like th- at least the odds of that are low, but I, I would say that they were hot. They are higher than what we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. Like we were yes. talking about potentially three undefeated, three and maybe four undefeated teams vying for I, playoffs. I was talking, I was talking three undefeated teams with one loss. Like whoever lost in the SEC championship game was playing in there as well. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I think there's 15 undefeated teams left. I don't know what all of them are, but TCU is definitely one of them. Yeah, Kansas, that's another one. Yes, which uh, we'll talk about them here in a second. So let's. I mean, I think we've talked enough about the big games here. Let's just kind of circle around. We'll go conference by conference, and we'll start in the Big 12. Kansas State beating Texas Tech 37 to 28, and. I know uh, everybody's a big Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn fan right now, but Adrian Martinez is doing some work on the ground as well, making up for some of those passing deficiencies. Yeah, if they, if they can keep on doing this, I mean, they're going to win some games. Uh, I three hundred, almost three hundred and fifty yards between the two of them. Right. I that's, that's crazy. Like you can't have a you can't allow a quarterback to rush for like one hundred and seventy yards on you. No, like, that's that, not that's criminal. That's Texas Tech, but uh, I mean, yeah. That, Go ahead, sorry. No, it's, Texas Tech. It's a little more understandable, at least. Like we're not talking. You know, if Georgia did that, then it'd be like, okay, let's slow down here for a second. But Texas Tech is one of those. It'd be like, okay, teams teams put up numbers against Texas Tech. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, Kansas State, their defense did a good job as well. I mean, uh, they sacked Donovan Smith six times. Yeah. So that that's. That's major. I mean, if you can get to a quarterback six times, I, I heard something the other day. It's, it's like Texas Tech. He he had a pick as well. It's like if they don't turn the ball over, they win like eighty percent of the time. Which I mean, it sounds about right for anybody. But it's one of the it's one of those where it's it sounds like a oh yeah no shit. But that's probably pretty high compared to other teams. I, that I feel like that's probably on a higher end. So um, Yeah, I mean, those six sacks, especially with a pass-happy offense like Texas Tech has, like being able to rattle a quarterback like that is just huge because their timing is going to be off. The schedule of their throw is going to be off. They're going to be throwing off their back foot. Their internal clock of when they they feel safe in the pocket is going to shorten with each sack. So they're going to get quicker to, you know, bail out of the pocket and try to take off on a run and everything. So, I mean, getting pressure on the quarterback and getting six sacks and landing those is just going to be huge. So hats off to the cats for pulling that win out. Yeah. Big win. Yes, uh, every man, a wild cat. That's yep. what they say. Hey, yep. Love it. Uh, next up, the Texas Longhorns beat West Virginia 38 to 20. West Virginia's bad. They're real, real bad. bad. They're, uh, I thought they were. I did not think they were going to be the worst team in the Big Twelve this year. Um, I thought it was going to be Kansas, <laughs> and things are kind of turning around of what we were expecting from these two teams. Neil Brown is not the right coach here. 
No, unfortunately, it's a uh, it's also a hard place to recruit. Like uh, you got, I, I mean, even I remember even like 15 years ago, it was like their main pipeline was like down to like South East Miami, like getting down there to get um, like Pat White and uh, Noel Devine and Tim Austin and all those guys. So it's it's I a mean, hard job. Yeah, I mean, you're in the DMV though, like not in the DMV, but you're like adjacent to it. Obviously, there's a lot of competition though. Like that's that's the issue there is that those players are getting looks from your Clemson's, your Penn State's, those kinds of schools. So it, it is tough to recruit. West Virginia doesn't exactly have a lot going on for it either. No, I mean, and yeah, like you said, I mean, they're what like an hour south of Pittsburgh. So yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh has a hard time too. Like yeah. it's it's not the easiest places, especially with those other guys pulling. Right, for sure. But his. His buyout right now is a lot. It's it's How almost much? seventeen. It's twenty million dollars right now. Oh my god! Stop and it, college it, football coaches this much money. It's it's the new brand, and it'll drop to like sixteen at the beginning of the new year. That's still too high. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. He hasn't proven anything. Like he hasn't. If that, if that's the only thing, it's, it's one of those things where you have to ask, like, is it worth losing game after game after game to keep these guys and just not pay to cut the cord? And I don't know what West Virginia, the, the university or the athletic department's financial situation is, but if a coach isn't getting it done, like, you just want to pull pull the plug. Uh, I'm sure they're just fine. Like, yeah. they have plenty of students. Yeah. Like, I, it's not – you think about how much these kids are paying to go to school here. Like the university has more money than God, especially without endowments. They've got, sorry, I'm looking it up right now. Like that, they, they have to have at least 30,000 students. Yeah. I mean, bigger universities like that should be able to afford those kind of buyouts. And like, yeah, you should just be able to pull the trigger on that. Honestly, it sucks. It's a hard decision, but if you don't do that as the AD, then your job is also going to be on the line next up. So but. Yeah. Uh, other side, Quinn Ewers should be back next week for uh, Red River against Oklahoma. So I'm, ex- I'm excited for Quinn. Exciting. He looked good against Alabama. He didn't get obviously he didn't get an extended look against them or anything like that. But man, he looked good when he was out there. So I'm excited to see what he can do against an apparently pretty bad Oklahoma defense. I'm very excited. So yeah. that's that's that. Yep. Moving on, Kansas continues their undefeated streak. The Jayhawks are just rolling right now. Uh, they only won fourteen to eleven, so a little concerning there. weren't able to put up a ton on defense or on offense, but you know Matt Campbell is a good defensive coach, so it might just be more about beating and a team that is probably more talented than you with a very good defensive head coach. And I mean, they're able to win the game. That's a that's a gut game right there, and different story from what last year was. I mean, completely different. I, 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 I probably assumed Kansas was winning one or two games this year. So absolutely. Well, and the, and good, this, good on them. Yeah, yeah. And this game itself, like last year, they were down thirty-eight to nothing at the half. Like they yeah. just night and day difference in what Leipold has done here. He's done such a good job with this team. I'm excited. I do think the wheels are going to fall off eventually. I don't know when. I don't know where. But you you get that feeling that it's not going to last. Maybe it maybe it does. 
I don't know. Starting to buy in a little bit on the on the Kansas hype here. Just waiting for it to get derailed, though. Uh, I, I think it falls off next week against TCU. Oh yeah, well maybe. It's been fun, at least. Yeah, I, I still think they're going to at least squeak out one and win a bowl game because I mean, if they can go, looking pretty good. If they can go bowling this year, like that would just be so far and above what anybody expected of them. So I, I hope they can. Um, Iowa State didn't do themselves any favors. They missed three field goals, so they left nine points on the on the table. So they would have ended Kansas' streak right then and there. But you know that's football. Um, Daniels only had 101 scrimmage yards, so was not a good look on offense for for Iowa State there. It wasn't good. He he only threw the ball 14 times. Yeah. Like I, I like really, they didn't have the ball. They just didn't give up any points. Yep. So. Just Justin Fields stats there. So, oh, God. Just in case anybody's wondering where my headspace is right now, existence is pain as a Bears fan. Well, what was the one they showed today? It was like Cooper Cup has more receptions than Justin Fields has completions. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh boy. Thanks for the reminder. It's uh, sorry. Right. At least the Bears defense looks okay. Um, yeah. Next up, we've got Oklahoma State beating Baylor. This was a big one for the top of the Big 12. Um, 36-25 final score. Oklahoma State dominated, and I think it just looks a lot closer than it actually was. Yeah, Baylor, Baylor got an early um, field goal, and Oklahoma State scored after that and never looked back. Like, yeah. And, like, I, I was a little more surprised, I think. I think Baylor, like, their, their front four especially, like, is really strong. Yeah. We didn't know enough about Oklahoma State, but – Maybe we're finally at that point where Spencer Sanders like just won't mess up anymore. Yeah, and he had to because of the talent that they lost on defense, both in the coaching staff and in the talent that ended up going to the draft and everything like that. Um, they had to be able to make it work on offense, and it seems like they are making it work. It's he Spencer Sanders is playing more safely in terms of his turnovers, and he just he looks more confident than what he did last year. Yeah, absolutely. He's looking like the quarterback that showed up in the second half of the Fiesta. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, like Baylor, like you said, their front four, I mean, highly touted, especially coming into the year, but they could not get a single stop against Oklahoma State's offense. And that's not good when you're going up against offenses that are good in the Big 12. Like, I think everybody was penciling Baylor as a win against uh, Baylor to win against Texas. And I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure, but that's it for the Big Twelve. Moving on to the Pac-12, uh, Oregon beat Oregon State. R.I.P. Beeves. Um, the or no Utah. Utah. Oh yeah, I did say Oregon, didn't I? I was just yeah, you're good. Oregon State. Utah beat Oregon State, 42 to 16. Still R.I.P. Beeves. Um, they made it fun. They almost beat USC. Wish they would have done that last week. But uh, looks like we are off. Oregon State is still better than what I think we anticipated them being this year. But we'll come back down to earth game for them. Um, Chance Nolan got benched. It's yeah, it just didn't look good on offense for them. And then uh, on the other on the other side of the ball, the quarterback. Uh, the defense for Utah looked very good. Back to what? Yeah, it be. yeah. Um, Clark Phillips from Utah. 
He's like a first, second round draft pick guy. He had three picks, one of them for a touchdown. And if you would have taken his return yards, he would have been the leading receiver on Utah. So, like, sounds about right. That, yeah, it, just a tough offensive day for uh, the Beavs. But Utah, we were talking about Florida. Like, that, that Florida loss is going to just come back and bite them in the ass. Yeah, I definitely I agree. That's going to make them the first team out if they end up winning out. Yeah, that's going to be the problem. Yep. But, I mean, not not much else to say here. Like, nah. Oregon, yeah. State, Oregon State came back to earth. Utah is kind of back on track at least. Uh, next up, Washington State beat Cal 28-9. to um, You know, Washington State, it's, it's crazy. The Pac-12 looks more competent than I thought they were going to going into this season, uh, especially the teams in the north. The Wazoo's looking better than what I thought they were. Washington's looking better than what I thought they were. Oregon State. Like, they're all just looking like pretty competent football teams for the most part. The only outlier, really, is Stanford. Yeah, I don't know if competence the word. Like, it's just more like entertaining. Sure, we'll go with entertaining for now. Um, yeah. Next up, Arizona beat Colorado 43-20. to uh, Six quarterbacks from Jane or six touchdowns from quarterback Jaden Delara, uh, Jacob Cowing with uh, almost 200 yards reception. I mean, they, they looked good. It's called it's Colorado. So you obviously have to temper, temper your takeaway from that, but they look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff, exactly. Jed fish looks like he's doing a good job there. It's all about yeah, good on to, him. Yeah. It's all about being able to recruit down there though. Arizona, you, you can get talent at Arizona and you can make your team better, but yeah, for the other Arizona team, the Arizona State Sun Devils got smacked by USC uh, for a couple minutes there. It was looking like they might be able to hang, and then, you know, that USC offense just kind of kept going. So not much to say about that. That was very much an expected result there from that game. Next yep. up, we've got Oregon beating Stanford 45-27 to and the fun ride of Bo Nix continues. I don't understand I, this kid. I don't get it. Yeah, he had he had six rushes for 141 yards. <laughs> oh man, Stanford's um, on the flip side. Stanford just stinks. And then he he still on the other side, like when he was throwing, like it was like 50 percent, and he was like thrown into double coverage, but somehow just like didn't mess it up enough. Like no picks, no picks, but like it's lucky. Uh, Stanford Stanford does suck. They're the one team in the conference that's just bad. Like David Shaw is done. Colorado's he's making not, bad. They're not. The, they're not the one. Colorado's there too. I, I don't know who's worse. I mean, they're they're both kind of like right there with each other. Yeah. I think Stanford could be a quicker rebound. I would um, say so. Yeah. Just Colorado's Colorado, like their their um, athletic director, like sent a note out to the fans a couple months ago. It was like, we don't have enough money to like get rid of our coach, basically. We're stuck with it for now, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it. But, um, yeah, I think David Shaw's got to go. He's making $9 million a year. Like, I, don't, I don't know how much is left on that. I don't think it's too much. It's, it's, it's to the point where you have enough donors from Stanford where you could get rid of it. Yeah, you're Stanford. You can, you can afford to cut the court on that. Um, mm-hmm. Then last up, UCLA beat, did beat Washington. UCLA, they're still undefeated as well. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, UCLA, they they looked really good against a Washington team that may have just been beating up on weaker opponents earlier in the season. But um, they were in the top 15 
for UCLA to win, and that's their first top fifteen win since twenty fourteen. So yeah, Kelly might. I mean, Kelly is going to keep doing Kelly things. I don't think it's going to last once he actually hits like some of the real teams or some of the good teams in the Pac twelve. But I think he's definitely going to go bowling this year based on what he's been able to put out. We're we're going to find out this week. They got Utah this week. Yeah, that's gonna be one. That's gonna be an interesting one to watch. See if Kelly can scheme a win out of there. If they can beat Utah, then gonna have to start taking UCLA pretty seriously. Yeah, I, I think that might be the game of the week potentially next week. Yeah, I'd, have to, to, uh, I'd have to look yeah. at the schedule. I don't think this next week's slate is all. This that. is probably this is probably. I, I don't want to say it. This is our weakest slate yet for next week. Yeah, it so. might be, but. Moving back, um, that was the – yeah, Penix didn't look good. That was <clears> – <throat> IU fans are definitely used to seeing that side of Penix as well. Um, he just he just didn't look good. No, and I, it was just one of those games where I, I think his injuries have made it to where he's, like, not mobile anymore. And, like, he just has to stand in the pocket and take the hits. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, two early picks. Uh, wasn't looking too accurate. Our arm's still really there, but on the other side, like DTR was able to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, I mean, and I, I I'm not sure if you saw the highlight of him just like waltzing into the end zone and making the receiver or the uh, the defenders run into each other. Uh, but I, I was more impressed with the UCLA defense. Like yeah. that was really what popped off to me. I mean, like yeah, Washington came back a little bit, but I mean, it was like garbage time points. Yeah. Like, like that, they were up like forty to sixteen or fourteen or something like that going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, so I, I, I think you see. I don't want to say it. I think UCLA can win the Pac-12. <laughs> so there are seven teams that can win the Pac-12 at this point. It feels like, but um, yeah, UCLA. I think, only, I think the only teams that can win the Pac-12 are UCLA, USC, and Utah. Not Oregon. Nobody, nobody from the north can win it. Okay. Oregon can't win it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's they they definitely are contended to win the South for sure. I mean, you got to start taking them a little bit seriously. And like I said, if they can get a W out of this coming week, then they're definitely a team to watch. But I think that wraps up the Pac-12. So moving on to the Big Ten, got some higher scoring games here, spursed in with the <laughs> usual Big Ten garbage. Um, Michigan beat Iowa 27 to 14. Iowa, as usual, garbage on offense. Um, they did a little bit better than I think I anticipated them doing just based off of their previous output, but still not good. Um, but their defense, I I would say their defense did what we kind of thought they were going to do against Michigan. They eventually couldn't keep up, but I mean, they, they made as good of an effort as they could there. Yeah, I, I, and it got off to a quick start. Like uh, Michigan scored on the first drive. I don't. I think if they didn't score on that first drive, like this game could have gone drastically different. Yeah. So, uh, Blake Horam's really good. Like JJ McCarthy, I, he didn't have to do too much, but like he's like doing like the the fast uh, fast dropbacks and like throwing off his back foot. I'm like, you gotta you gotta cut that out. I don't yeah. I don't know what what the deal is. Uh, but yeah, that, that's about all I saw from the game. Like, Iowa's offense is still just so bad. Yeah, they Brian Ferenc needs to be fired immediately. I don't get it. I just, I mean, I do get it because it's absolutely a uh, 
you know, a nepotism thing. But with uh, with JJ McCarthy, I mean, he was class of twenty twenty one. Like he he's still a young guy, so he might just have some of those kinks to work out, especially now that he's getting some game reps. But yeah, like the the dropping back and like throwing off your back foot, like that's yeah, uh, like against Penn State, like that's just not going to fly. Right? Yeah. I, uh, well, against Iowa, it really didn't fly either. Like they just yeah, they he's, started out. They started out the game in such good field territory every time they touched the ball. That right, yeah, they were they were able to not be as affected by those risks because they weren't playing as potent of an offense. I think. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, so um, I mean, like I, like I said earlier, Iowa still winning the Big Ten West. I'm pretty sure. Probably probably still Minnesota. I'm still in Minnesota. Yeah, go Gophers. But yeah. uh yeah, moving on. Uh Penn State beat Northwestern seventeen to seven. That's a big that's a Big Ten score that I'm used to seeing. Um man, that that game should have been over a long time before it actually was. So I didn't get to see much of this one because this is when I was in the car driving up to the wedding. The wedding was about ninety minutes away, so like I got I got soaked up by the three thirty games. Yeah. It was I mean, Penn State was just not able to move the ball as efficiently as they would have liked to. There was a spurt there where there were three turnovers in a row. Like Penn State turned the ball over. Northwestern turned the ball over. Penn State turned the ball back over just on like three consecutive drives, like all in the same area. So just a sloppy, ugly game. And the weather probably had something to do with it because it was, I mean, it was pretty wet out there. But yeah, that that's a Big Ten score. That's more... Like if you don't like love this, you don't love Big Ten football game. Yeah, big. Uh, sorry, I was going to mix up. Is it is it seven or nine overtime against last year against Iowa? I think it was nine. Or, or, or no, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. yeah. I, think, I think it was nine. Nine overtimes, and then the under still hit. Nine overtimes under forty two, and it still hit. Yeah, I fucking love the Big Ten. <laughs> Jeez, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Drew Hour didn't get some reps. I am too. Like this bad. Yeah, maybe with the weather, they just didn't want to damp his confidence too much or something like that. But, yeah, I, I am also a little bit surprised that Aller isn't getting more reps because, I mean, Clifford, he he looked, he's had spurts of looking good and looking competent, but overall, like, he just hasn't been impressive. I don't – like, I can't think in the past where, like, James Franklin is loyal to a fault on any of his quarterbacks, but, like, really – he hasn't had any that have lasted this long, like four years, basically. Right. Hasn't had a lot. So, yeah, even at Vanderbilt, like there was nobody that like lasted a long ass time where it was like, hey, should I bench you? Yeah. Like, yeah, is what it is. Like, I mean, I I, th- I still think Penn State's really good. It's just, yeah, they're a good team. I just, I think they. I haven't seen enough of Aller. Obviously, we haven't seen enough of Aller at the college level, but. You gotta wonder if he's gonna be able to do better for them than Clifford is. I, dude, they've got they've got a one-two punch of freshman running backs though that is like in two years it's it's gonna be Cadillac Williams and like Ronnie Brown at Auburn. Like it's it's huge. Yeah, it's gonna be fun um, to watch. Yeah, Singleton and Allen. That's that's crazy. Great combo there. Um, next up. Ohio State beat Rutgers 49-10. Not a whole lot to talk about with this game except for uh, RIP Ohio State's punter. He just got lit the hell up. Probably deserved it. He, 
I get that, you know, he read the play right and everything like that, but you're a, like you're a 49 to 10. If you want to take off and run for it, fine. Like that is your prerogative, but I am also not going to feel bad if you get lit up. Like Yeah, it's, it it's funny um it was funny Shiano and Ryan Day like yelling at each other from the sidelines. I'm like, like who gives a shit? Like they have they have such a weird beef with each other. <laughs> You ran for it when you were up by almost forty points. Like I mean, like, yeah. What What do you expect? Yeah, like that. And yes, it was a late hit, so it was a penalty. But like, again, just I don't necessarily feel all that bad. Yeah, I was expecting Shiano to have Rutgers in a little bit of better shape by this point. But yeah. it's Ohio State, though. I mean, like they. Yeah, they're, they're like they had eleven and a half win total for a reason. Like they're going to run through the Big Ten. Yeah, like or they should. They might lose one, but yeah. Uh, next up, Nebraska got a W. They beat Indiana thirty-five to twenty-one in the battle of red and white programs that are just absolutely spinning their wheels right now. I, I don't really have anything to say about this one. Neither team looked good. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't either. I mean, like uh, Nebraska, just keep on trying to run the ball and play some defense and hope you win. Yep. Indiana, it's it's. Time, I don't know yeah. what, what's Tom at. What's what's Tom Allen's uh, contract? Is it a lot? Like a lot, a lot. I don't think it's a lot, a lot. I know he he might have gotten an extension after that uh, that season that they had in the COVID year, with which you know probably not the best decision. Um, he is making seven million, four point nine million a year. Uh, that was but, an extension co- through COVID year. In COVID year, like time, like that's a lot. Like, yeah, that was like top ten at the time. Yeah, yeah, that was March eighth, twenty twenty one. That he, uh, the reports came in that he got that deal um, through twenty twenty seven. So the buyout probably kind of hefty for a basketball school. I don't. Uh, Okay, yeah, so the school would owe Allen 50% of his remaining compensation in the final three years of the agreement and 100% of his compensation for years tacked on in future compensations or future contract extensions. So that was different. Um, But, yeah, it was – I mean, his seat's got to be hot. So we'll have to see what goes Yeah, well, I I don't know. Like, it's such a hard job. It's – I I don't – I don't know what they expect. But I, I, don't, I mean, you're 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 kind of in the area. Like, what what do the? It, they like don't. I said it's a bas- It's a basketball school, so they're all expecting like a good basketball season, yeah. which they also haven't had in a while. But I think most Indiana fans are pretty reasonable about that. Like, I think last year their expectations were higher because of the COVID year, which you know, again, that's pretty understandable. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I think everybody kind of knows, like they're probably going to top out at like six or seven wins a year. Like, like, like the, the realistic people, you know, like, do they just want to go bowling? The realistic people I don't know that I know don't talk about IU football. That's the thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> they start, they're already talking about the basketball recruiting classes and the fact that I use favor to win the big 10 at basketball. Like that's, <laughs> there, there's a lot of IU Notre Dame crossover going on. <laughs> yeah. It's not the worst thing in the world. Let's, uh, let's not be too quick to judge there. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not judging. Like um, Notre Dame basketball is also good. Yeah. They're just here for both. Yeah. I did, and I do like, I, I, I am one of those quote unquote reversible Jersey fans, but I like, I'll root for Notre Dame and IU 
in basketball and football. Like I've got no problem with that because they barely ever play each other. But yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, so I mean, realistic. Yeah, IU fans are not really looking for a whole lot, but I think after last year, the expectations were a little bit raised when maybe they shouldn't have been. So we'll see. The seat's got to be warm though. It, Next it up, has to be. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, let's, no, let's move on. Yeah, you sure you want to move oh, on? No, wait, no, let's not move on. Let's not move on. <laughs> Up too late, you called it. Uh, we are moving on to Maryland, beating Michigan State by 14 points, 27 to 13. Michigan State with zero second half points. Natalia carved them up. Yeah, no, I. Um, this was another one. I, I recorded the game. I went back and watched Oof. it after. Like a psychopath. Um, like I said, we had to go to that wedding up north. It was about ninety minutes away. Right. Uh, we yeah. had to leave. We had to leave at like four. So I was like, I'm not even gonna start. Uh, <laughs> but but immediately, like my my family group text messages, like, yeah, same old shit. Like like Talia went, I think seven or seven for eight or eight for nine in the first drive, and just like, what do we just did whatever he wanted to just and slicing just, and dicing, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's getting really old. Yeah. Um, defense, like I mean, like honestly, like the defense, the defense only giving up twenty seven points to a good passing team. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, it sounds so bad. Like I'm so, I'm actually happy about them giving up twenty seven points. It's an improvement. It is an improvement. Like I mean, like you look at Washington a couple weeks ago, like we got really shredded against them. Um, Paul is good. They they got a couple good receivers. It really sucks. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm looking at, like, uh, I'm hitting, like, I hope we beat Rutgers. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, Tuck, Tuck's staying, but uh, still, like, both coordinators got to go. And that, that was also that was also a big problem with D'Antonio before, like, his loyalty to his coordinators. I'm like, dude, like, you are making so much money and they are making so much money. Yeah. That if they can't do their job, like you, you have to move on. Like, like D'Antonio with uh, his office coordinator. I don't, I don't remember at this point. It was like, it wasn't Treadwell. It was after that. But like, dude, he was at the time, this was a lot. He was making like $800,000 in offense. And like, we were like 110th in offense. And yeah. I'm like, dude, it's just not acceptable. Like, so I'm hoping Tuck can cut ties with Hazleton and Jay Johnson. Um, yeah, we, we, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Garrett Riley, come on down. Garrett, Garrett Riley, yeah. Back off. I, I know, listen, no, no. I know at TCU you are just a clipboard holder. I know Sonny Dykes is calling the plays, but you've probably never been to the Midwest. It's definitely not here. Indiana, definitely not Michigan. <laughs> yeah. If Garrett Riley comes to Michigan State and just like bounces some ideas off people, like yeah. somebody like that, just, I I need some sort of I just need like a passing attack. Right. I, I can't do the running the ball. This is the Big, Big Ten East, Big Ten not ball, the Big yeah. Ten West. Yeah, this is the Big Ten East. Like I I can't get I can't receive death by paper cuts by Ohio State like every year after year after year, and then just not be able to do anything about it like. Well, the good news is this year I don't think it's going to be uh, death by a thousand paper cuts. It's more just going to be uh, just a quick chop. That's next week. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think you need to watch a whole lot of that one. You never know. Like it, it's, it's so it, it's so weird. The years that they do beat Ohio State is the years that like you're not expecting it. It's just absolutely no expectation of doing it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. those are always fun. I'm I'm here for it. Um, like yeah, like Tyler O'Connor, he had to fill in his backup year, and literally like the the dude could not throw a fucking ball, and they just ran like the spread option for the entire game and beat Ohio State. You know, right. I think it was twenty four seventeen. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm going to be rooting for Florida or for um, for Michigan State, obviously, but it's I just don't see it this year, unfortunately. Like we we said it last week. Like honestly, if we can go bowling at this point, it's a win. Yeah, like I've been, I've been to. I don't know what it's called now, but I I've been to the Champ Sports Bowl before, mm-hmm. and I I don't like going to the Champ Sports Bowl. Like, you'll take that this year. Yeah, it, it went from the Champ Sports Bowl to the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Oh, I don't know okay, what it is yeah. now. Uh, whatever it is in Orlando after or before the Capital One Bowl. Right. You'll I don't take, like going to Orlando unless yeah. I'm going to Disney World. Right. You'll take it this year, though, right? Yeah. Stand, are you sure standards aren't a little higher than the Champ Sports Bowl or whatever the hell it is now? That's where they are. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think that about wraps up the Big Ten, though. So we'll move along to the ACC here. And we're going to start with Wake Forest beating Florida State 31-21. to um, I think really the one of the really important things for this ballgame in particular was the fact that Florida State went 4-for-11 on third downs and Wake Forest went 10 for 18. Third down efficiency is huge. Turnover margin. Florida State didn't throw any picks, but they did lose one fumble to Wake Forest's zero penalties. And, you know, those are going to be the things that decide games. Obviously it was a double digit game, but it was the lowest scoring double digit game possible. And honestly, if you look at like the yardage and everything like that, it's relatively even. Number of first downs isn't too far off from each other. 28 Wake Forest first downs versus 21 Florida State first downs. So, I mean, besides penalties, where Florida State definitely committed more penalties, obviously, uh, 11 penalties for 96 yards versus four for 40 for uh, Wake Forest. You just got to – Florida State is still looking more competent than what I thought they were going to do, honestly. Like, they – I was expecting them to be very bad. I was expecting for it to be another hot seat thing for Mike Norvell, especially after the offseason they had with the Travis Hunter stuff. But they've been able to keep some fight going on. And there's, I mean, they're four and one still. Like, they're still a good ball team, but they just ran into a really good offense. And Sam Hartman played really well. He only threw for 230 yards this week, but. It was enough. He was efficient. So, I mean, you can't really ask for a whole lot more out of it. And if we're talking about offensive coordinators, give me Warren Ruggiero to Notre Dame, please. I like what I see out of Wake Forest offense. And I do think one way or another, Reese is probably gone this year, whether that be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, Really? I think so. He was getting some NFL looks last season. Like uh, oh. McVay was looking at him because he runs a pro style offense. Like, and he, the offense has turned itself around. He 
is a good play caller when he finally gets his head out of his ass. It's just a matter of being able to adapt your offense to the college game. And he was very much just like a strictly pro pro offense. And so he, I think he might be gone one way or another, whether that be like a G five head coaching job or, you know, or potentially making the jump up to some kind of position in the NFL, but, or, you know, if the offense gets worse than just getting fired, but I think one way or another, this is probably his last year at Notre Dame. So I wouldn't mind seeing Ruggiero go to Notre Dame. Um, yeah, Ruggiero actually come to East Lansing, come to Michigan State. I I, I love you, how we're just in a fight over offensive coordinators right now. <laughs> you can have you can, you can have Garrett Riley. That's fine. I'll, I'll give up the claim on on Riley if you uh, just back off on Ruggiero there. <laughs> I'll take that honestly. Um, you know, the more and more we talk about it, I, I really like the, uh, the, um, sorry, the Dave Clawson to Wisconsin theory that I was talking about earlier, like just get somebody there that can score some points. Uh, Leonard will have to do his own thing. He'll probably go somewhere else. I mean, like he's not going to stick around and go back to DC, but right. Yeah. I mean, he's going to want to be the head coach there. So, uh, they're going to have to find somebody though on offense, but Back to Wake Forest. I mean, uh, yeah, back to back to this yeah. game. They they were able to put together long and sustained drives. They dominated time of possession. I mean, they it was an efficiently won game. That the score looks closer than what it was, but I mean, like I said earlier, that just kind of attests to Florida State's fight that they have, and then this year as a team, they de- that was a game that they definitely could have just folded. No, yeah, he Wake Forest is. It's it's just I don't know how to say it more plain like they're just good. Yeah. Um, Florida State still pretty good. I think I think a little bit of it relies too much on Jordan Travis and what he can do. Right. And just if he can move the ball. Um, but I think Mike Norvell is like slowly playing himself into like saving his job for next year, being able to see what Florida State can do down the line. It's. I mean, it's early, but I think his job's safe. If they beat Florida and they beat Miami, it's safe. Both of them, or you think just one? Both of them. Okay. I think they have. They like they have to beat Miami. Like, and they cannot lose to Miami. That's the one I was thinking that Florida would be the one that they like could not lose. No, to. no, no, no. They they have to beat Miami. Like okay. that. Like <laughs> it's. It's Georgia, Florida. It's Florida State, Miami. Like it's it, okay. it 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 crosses paths along the way, but like that's the difference. And like Miami is so down. Like oh, like yeah. between Chris Ball, like I mean, like so we didn't talk about it a couple weeks ago because like I mean, like they were losing to Southern Miss and they lost that game last week. Like Florida State has to beat them. I think Jordan Travis is good enough to get them there yeah. for the rest of the year. But like once again, ACC is kind of just up for grabs. Like. I mean, honestly, it's at this point we'll, we'll get to it later. No, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it alone. No, but I, I do agree that there's quite a bit of parity this year in the ACC. Speaking of which, uh, Boston College beat Louisville by a point. Um, not a good look for Satterfield. We already kind of talked about his job being in jeopardy, and that that doesn't help. No, the uh, the group of old App State coaches between Satterfield and Drinkwitz at Missouri, like I think they're both gone this year. Um, I don't, I don't like that. Like, be like, oh, you're gonna lose your fucking job. But I think Louisville is a strong enough 
you know, recognizable program where you can't be doing this. Yeah, you can't be doing this year in, year out. Like, it's a proud people. Like, you know, shout out Pat, wherever he is. Um, like, going going through it right now. Not 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 a great week for Louisville fans, but I, I agree. Satterfield's probably gone, and it's a matter of finding who is going to replace him. Uh, the Paul Christ one is still pretty interesting, but, yeah, we're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> yep. But um, UNC coming off a of bye week. Beating Virginia Tech forty-one ten. Um, There's some defense. Yeah, it I, 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 like I said, I like even on the other side. Like just, just need a bye week. Just need to learn how to tackle people. You know, <laughs> like, you know like get get into your spot. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, Gene Chizik finally coming into his own with that North Carolina defense. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, Texas, Texas, <laughs> bad. Like that, it's a bad football team. It's it's really bad. Justin Justin Fuente left them in a bad spot. Yep, going to be a big rebuild coming for Brent Pry there. Mm-hmm. Next up, Syracuse beat Wagner fifty nine to nothing. I did not watch a second of this game, um, but I did. I think you're the one that mentioned that it went to ten minute quarters in the second half. Yeah, they they were up forty nine nothing at half, so they just they just went down. Mercy to, ruled. Oh my god. Yeah, they're like, let's just get out of here. I mean, um, I'm. Like who cares? But uh, yeah, that's all yeah, we need to say it. about that game. Syracuse is still looking pretty good. Uh, Wagner, it's Wagner. This game doesn't tell me a whole lot about Syracuse. No, not at all. But next up, uh, Duke beating Virginia thirty-eight seventeen. Would not have said that like two if just like jumping two years ago <laughs> would not have called Duke beating Virginia like even Virginia's, last year. Yeah, UVA sucks, man. Do you think uh, Tony Elliott is like regretting taking this job? I don't know. I, it's it's another thing where he's like a first year head coach, and the roster outside of Brennan Armstrong wasn't that good. Like they they've got some good receivers too. Like they that's true they do, but like trenches they're struggling in. Like they are not good up front on either side of the ball. So it's. Like they've, he's got work to do. I mean, it's kind of like with uh, Pry going to Virginia Tech. Like, I think he has some more pieces than Pry does, but like, it's still pretty similar in terms of the amount of rebuilding he's going to have to do. And honestly, I'm not going to predict that he's not cut out for it, but sometimes that shit just happens. Like, sometimes you hire a guy and they're just not the right guy for the job. And Tony Elliott spent so much time coming up under Dabo's system, kind of like, I mean, Venables had some experience before that, obviously, but. Like those guys who spent that long in Davos systems, it still remains to be seen what they can do outside of it. Yeah, I I think that's the that I think that is the big difference. Like Bronco Mendenhall ran such a different scheme compared to what even he's trying to run right now. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I I've got some UVA blood in my in my family, so like I, I always want them to be good, but right, yeah, it's hard to pull for them. Like they just do the same shit. Yeah. And on the flip side, Duke, Mike Elko, former Notre Dame defensive coordinator. Hell yeah, the Notre Dame coaching tree just keeps on growing and growing. Uh, Clark Lee was doing some things down at Vandy, but yeah, they're, we'll talk about them in a second here, but they're back to being Vandy. Long story short. No, they got, they got bye week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, in general, big picture, we're just, they're back to Vandy. 
So last up in the ACC, we've got Clemson and North Carolina State. Ten point win for the Tigers. Um, it, it was a it was a good game. Like they like overall, they were pretty evenly matched teams. I would say, but DJU looked looked like the guy he was billed to be coming out of high school, and that one game that he played when Trevor Lawrence was out. Like he he looks like that guy again. Yeah, they they blew my under with a minute left in this game. The offense is finally picking up steam. So I know you would put in our outline, were we wrong about DJU? And it's just kind of tough because, like, the questions about DJU were completely justified based on last year. So he is playing better than what I think people were anticipating. And I know I was one of the people that said, maybe he's not even going to have the job at this point in the season. So... I mean, yeah, I would say based on that, we were probably wrong about him. Yeah, I wasn't a big kid clubnik guy, but like, I've always wondered what would happen if you got DJU out of the pocket and ran him a little bit because he's a fucking tank. I mean, yeah. he's even after he's, losing he's, thirty pounds. Yeah, he's he's still two hundred and forty pounds, which is <laughs> bigger. Than, I mean, like he he is still a fullback with a quarterback's arm yeah. and. I think I think a big problem about it is um, their wide receiver options for the rest of the year. Like they don't have the Sammy Watkins, they don't have the DeAndre Hopkins. Receivers uh, tough. Like they are they are tough at the receiver position right now. Am I am I blanking on any like Mike Williams? Like they don't they don't have they don't have somebody to get open. Was Tyler Boyd a Clemson guy? No, he was no, Pittsburgh. That's Taj Boyd. I'm thinking of Taj Boyd was going even quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. different Boyd. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean they don't have those guys right now, and like that's going to be something that Doppel's got to figure out. But DJU is playing good football at this point, so I mean, no, yeah, like, like dude, um, dare dare I say DJU uh, Heisman hype? Like, <laughs> I'm way off. Ooh. There's no chance. There's no chance. I'm I just feel- kidding. Yeah, I feel like Stroud is probably still the favorite. Um, um, no, he's not. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, on DJ. Okay. I was about to say. I, I feel like Stroud yeah. would be the favorite still, but, um, but yeah. I mean, Clemson's defense looking like they were built to be, especially on up on that front. I think it's fair to still say that there are some questions at corner though, uh, just lingering from that Wake Forest game. Like they. When quarterbacks did get time, those cor- those corners for Clemson, they didn't look great. So, I mean, that's – the front still looking like an all-world front. Like, that's probably the best defensive front in football this year, college football at least. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to see how that team continues to come together. And they may end up being one of the undefeateds by the end of the year. Yeah, I, I think um, – honestly, like – out of everybody after this week, they're the ones that I could see being undefeated going into the playoff. Like, even as undefeated, they might not be number one, but yeah, like I, I think they have the easiest road to get there. Hold on, now they're playing Syracuse coming up at at the JMA Dome. No, it's at home. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's over. Yeah, I mean Dabo Dabo's gonna be running out in front of that team by thirty yards and. 
he's going to be taking all the glory for himself. Like, no. there's no way Syracuse wins that game. No, absolutely not. I mean, they do have a relatively str- tough stretch after the uh, the Boston College game. They've got at Florida State, home against Clemson, and then at Notre Dame. Like that, that's going to be a relative. That's probably the toughest part of the stretch. Um, and especially coming off of playing Wake and NC State pretty close, like you know, the attrition might catch up to them. We it's, it's oh, tough to tell. The game's in South Bend. Yes. All right, so, I'm still not worried about it. So all right, what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna have to see what happens there. I mean, Notre Dame's obviously coming off a bye, and they're playing BYU this coming week. So we're gonna have to see how they look to, before we even like think about what they're gonna do against Clemson. I'm, I'm going to get way sidetracked. Why did they choose Vegas for this game? It's a great question. Uh, I They have – I want to say they have played in Vegas for the Shamrock Series game before. I mean, dude, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real. Like, we all know the Mormons built Vegas. But, like, why are both of you going there? No idea. Uh, it's gonna, I don't know if you saw um, – the BYU uniform reveal, but those things look fucking. Uh, I did, sick. yeah. The the um the reflective. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that. The, we'll talk about that in the preview episode. But okay, man, I'm a big fan of those uniforms. So that finished that rounds out the ACC. Um, moving on to the SEC, finally wrapping this up, we've got Alabama beating Arkansas forty nine to twenty six. Uh, it got close there for a second. Arkansas fought back to make it a five point game. But then Bama just did Bama things. Jameer Gibbs balling out. Uh, Milrow looked fine. Like, you know, it, it was it was fun. But, like, we thought for a second maybe Arkansas was going to have enough momentum to do something fun. You know, blood week shenanigans. But Bama still being Bama. Looking like they're just going to be a QB factory again. Yep. That's so. exactly it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little worried. Bryce Young, they said uh, UC joint. I mean, shoulder always weird, but right. Sounds like he should be back for a And I'm not that like I'm not really that worried about it. Okay, and honestly, with the way a And M's playing, I'm not necessarily worried if he's out that game either. No. Nope. Uh, let's see. Next up, South Carolina beat SC State fifty to ten. So nice win, Cox. Don't need to talk about that one. Rattler, from what I, I didn't watch that one either. From what I heard, Rattler still had some moments of not looking great, though. So, going to have to keep an eye on them going forward. That's what Cox said. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not watching them. They suck. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good team, but SC State's a lot worse. So, uh, shout out, Cox. But next up, we've got LSU beating Auburn 21-17. to I watched, like, the, I watched the first quarter of this game, and I have never really felt bad for a ref before but um lsu had i can't i'm blanking on his name right now but he on the opening kickoff he led with his head and he had to get taken out on the stretcher and then you know that game got delayed for a little bit but then the ref still had to go out there and call targeting on him and (laughs) i don't i don't have either that uh, I feel a little bit bad for that for that ref having to do that because like you know they've been sitting there for a few minutes and everything he goes out on the stretcher he's all like supported and the ref just like has to come back out there and do the fifteen yard penalty for him. That's uh, awful. Like I, yeah. <laughs> so so he he led with him led with his head and knocked himself yeah. out. I don't know if he knocked himself out, but he he went down and I mean hopefully he's okay, but. 
Auburn was up 17-0, and then they uh, they Auburned it. They choked that one away. Guess what? This was my uh, – we haven't said it yet. Um, Shout-out to Simi and Down with the Pinkness. Uh, 33 years old, you're old as shit. Um, but <laughs> Auburn, Auburn, Auburn was my money line lock of the week, and I'm oh just, God. like, so upset. <laughs> They were they were up seventeen nothing. I just started talking shit, and they, they blew it. Oh, like, you started talking shit. That was the problem. Yeah. Just wait till that clock hits zero. But I, I gotta say, Ashford looked okay for him though. From from no. the bits that I saw of the game, he looked. He dare I say it? He looked good. Yeah. Not not good, but like that's he still like he he still threw under fifty percent. Like, he looked he looked better than their other options though. So I, I've been saying it all year. I'm like, why? Why aren't they starting Robbie Ashford over TJ Finley? And I, I haven't understood it. It's, it sounds like Zach Calzada is just out till next year. Like yeah. he's just he's yeah, he's, he's going to burn his shirt. surgery. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't waste it underneath this anyways. But nah. like, um, the the stat I had was Auburn has officially scored, um, six points in the second half of their last three games. That's good. That's what you're looking for. Uh, no, hey, Brian, Brian Harson, you're up next. Like, yeah, he's, he's on the chopping block for sure. It's just a matter of when at this point. I, and I, I think the way Georgia played this week, like it's going to be a murder game next week to like be like, Oof. yeah, we are, we are actually good. Like you're bad. Man, how fun would that? How funny would that be though? If Harson saved his job with the do- win against the dogs. Well, the, I mean, even this one, I was like, this is the one that's going to save his job. Yeah, like he's going to beat them by like a decent amount. And they looked and like they looked, they looked okay. Like up until you know second half. <laughs> God, they suck. And like LSU didn't do much either. Like no, they didn't. Uh, I, I I know we're big BK guys, but like. Uh, yeah, Jaden Daniel had 80 passing yards. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't look very uh, efficient on offense for sure. And it's, it's again, one of those things where that's another one where they had a lot of roster turnover that they're still trying to work out. And that was a game when we did our SEC West preview where it was like, I could see that one being pretty close. Like, I, I, LSU is a better team than Auburn is, but I could I could have seen that one being pretty close there. Um, they're all going to be – we're in conference play. They're all yeah. going to be close. Like, there's – Except Maybe. for Missouri versus whoever, when the team's actually on. Except for Georgia Auburn, right? Listen, I, th- I think Georgia twenty-one points next week. I don't yeah, know what the spread is, but 20, 21 points. That's the guess. I, I agree there. Uh, next up, Ole Miss beat Kentucky. Um, Ole Miss. I was pretty high on them going into the season. I knew that they were going to need some time to get settled in with all their transfers and everything, but it's starting to come together, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, I wasn't riding with you this hard. I, I, I think I actually sold Ole Miss. <laughs> After one of the weeks, yeah. No, they, they, um, they were able to get a win. 22 to 19 against Kentucky and Kentucky kind of got exposed, honestly, in my opinion, like, they had a lot of shot. They shot their self in the foot quite a bit in that game. And when you are wanting to be a top 10 team, you can't make those mistakes. Like just kind of the long and short of it. Yeah. I, um, I know I've been selling old miss a little bit, but I've 
definitely been selling UK. Like I, I haven't been high in UK. I, I, I just see problems across the board. I, um, getting getting Chris Rodriguez back was definitely a big boost. Yeah, like he 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 definitely did bolster the offense a little bit, but like like their offensive line is bad. Yeah, and it is bad. Will Levis was still getting sacked like all over the place. Right. So that's something they got to figure out figure out fast. Yeah, and honestly, the game could have been worse uh, if it wasn't for that kickoff uh, that return touchdown that Kentucky got. Um, we could have seen a blowout there. But it ended up being a close game, a fun little ending there. They uh, they had a chance there, and Ole Miss was just able to pull it out. I liked Ole Miss's uniforms from this past weekend too. They they were looking pretty sharp. I was a fan personally. They were like, these the were these the real time. trees? No, maybe. Yeah, they they had the real tree helmet, like yeah. the um, the camo camo powder yeah. blue helmet. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. Like I, yeah. I, I, I was a fan of that one. The, uh, the powder blues are so strong. Yeah, like they, they're 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 hard to bet against. Powder blue is a good color just for a uniform in general. Yeah. So that wraps up the Power Five. Uh, obviously, I had a string of G five games, but none of them really had a whole lot of impact on the college football scene in general. So uh, we've got our top twenty five out, taking the top spot again: Alabama at number one, Georgia at two, Ohio State three. Clemson at four. So Clemson jumping into the playoffs there. If the playoff were to be played today, then the next five or the next six are going to be Michigan, Oklahoma state, USC, Penn state, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. And, you know, obviously we all just kind of had to get together and agree on some of these, but I think if we, uh, we do our computer average here, it'll probably look a little bit different once we get down past four. Um, Next up, we've got Utah, Oregon, Wake Forest, NC State, and Kentucky. So some heavy Pac-12 and ACC representation there. NC State dropping nine points down after the Clemson loss. It's just tough when you lose by double digits. Um, And the teams beneath you are winning, so you just kind of have to keep dropping there. Same story for Kentucky. They lost a close game against a good Ole Miss team, but other teams below them won, so they just kind of had to keep dropping. Next up... We've got UCLA jumping five spots up from 21 after beating Washington pretty convincingly there. Uh, And then BYU, and we've got our entry into the top 25 for TCU coming in at 18. Um, Yeah, basically taking Oklahoma's spot there, (laughs) previous spot. And then Kansas just keeps on rising up. They're up to 19. 20, we've got Syracuse, and then 21, Kansas State, 22, Washington State, 23, Cincinnati, 24, Washington, 25, Mississippi State. So five teams dropped out of the top 25 this week. Six teams, sorry. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma, A&M, Arkansas, Florida State, and Minnesota. A lot of movement this week. Lots going on. Yeah, we're not great. Yeah, well, you know. We're not paid to do this, so <laughs> we, can, um, we can afford to make that mistake a little bit there. Yeah, our uh, our I think I, I said it last week. Our number four team has already lost like twice, so I'm looking up right now. Kiss of death for Clemson, then. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, yeah, they're not going to lose Boston College next week. So. It's it's in Boston. You never know. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of pair. It feels like there's a lot more parity so far this season. Like once you get past the top three, 
which is good. It's good for the sport. We're we're finally at a 15 year anniversary of 2007, and some, if some Michigan bad. State if Michigan State is going to suck this bad, like uh, this is what I'm here for. Like, yeah, like, just give give us chaos. Yeah, team chaos. Like just let me ride with it, and I'll have a lot of fun along the way. Yeah, and it has been fun. I mean, we've seen our fair share of upsets. We've seen teams rising up faster than we thought they would preseason, like Tennessee being a top 10 team. don't think any of us would have called that going into the year. I have already called it. It's It's been called. Yep. But um, it's, it's, No, it's, it's been called. I oh, you, the, you called it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've called it. It's been on record. All right. Well, there you go. That's another victory left for Bennett. Yeah. So what? any, any kind of big takeaways – out of this, out of this week in general for you. Um, I have no idea who's going to win the Heisman. No, it's pre- it's pretty nuts how how close it feels like the Heisman race is. Like one would think C.J. Stroud is probably the favorite, but there's I mean there's plenty of quarterbacks and you know other skill position players which you know they're not going to, but there are other non quarterbacks that could potentially win. And like I would gun to my head, I would still say Stroud. Yeah, and th- that's where I put my money at the beginning of the year when we had the uh, mailbag. Like it, it makes the most sense. But yeah, I, I don't. Hidden, Hooker, Hidden Hooker's one. Like he looks damn good. Yeah, he's um. Sorry, I just pulled it up. He's fourth in odds right now. So if he can go out and show out against Alabama in two weeks and then Georgia two weeks after that. He's got two big stages to make himself a candidate. Yeah. Like, I mean, like honestly right now, like his numbers are right there where he, he should be in it. Yeah. Like, and then obviously um, you've got like Caleb Williams out at USC has, has had some less than stellar looking games, but I mean, he's still putting up numbers. So it's one, that's one of those where he's probably got, he's probably got some decent odds. Yeah, I mean, they've honestly they've got some names on here that just suck. Like Blake Cor- Blake Corum is not winning the Heisman. No, he's not. Jameer Gibbs is not winning the Heisman. No, but it, it's again that's some of those skilled players that like if the Heisman was actually a non QB award consistently. But we go two names after that. Jalen Daniels could win the Heisman if, if Jalen uh, Daniels wins ten games and wins in like keeps balling out like he could like that that, that's that's robert griffin numbers where like he could you know you win 10 games and like just based on expectations yeah yeah like your your team's not that good but like you're you're good enough to make it happen yeah if you're playing well enough to drag your team to 10 wins i mean kind of a similar situation to what auburn was with cam like cam was that auburn team so you could. I mean, I'm not saying that he is Cam Newton. I'm just saying, like, it, it's a similar thing where a a high tier player is dragging a significantly lower tier roster around him. Yeah, I uh, know. I I totally agree. Like, do do you have anything? Yeah i I think again, it's just some parody in some of these conferences that we weren't necessarily expecting in a couple. So, like the Pac-12, for example. I was kind of talking about the Pac-12 North. Like, I think. I, for one, thought that it was pretty solidly going to be Oregon representing the North going into the Pac-12 game, but they're 
there are three teams that could win the North this year, pots potentially four, depending on how you feel about the Beavers. Like, and it's the same thing with the ACC. Like you've got multiple teams that could represent the, which division is Clemson not in? I'm blanking on it. Is Clemson Coastal? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, whichever one they're not in, there's plenty of teams that could, that could be contending there. And like the West, the SEC, I mean, it's still looking pretty solid, but like the Big 12 looks like it could be competitive. The Big 10 West, I mean, is going to be its usual shit show. Like just the parody in college football this year has been refreshing to watch. Yeah, it, it really has. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, you were saying ACC Coastal. Like Syracuse is showing up. Yeah. Like, Sy- Syracuse can fuck somebody up. They could. Um. Please like, do it to Clemson, please. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Would like it. It's not going to happen. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't really want Michigan jumping back up there. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have Oklahoma State jump yeah. up ahead, which I, I really feel like they had the better part. But I, I would agree the parity feels a lot intact, uh, especially in the Pac-12. And especially in the ACC, yeah, and it's, it's just makes for it makes for fun football because you have multiple teams that are pushing for you know your New Year's Six bowls, and when we talk about this expanded playoff, it's going to lead to a better teams making that expanded playoff and making for playoff matches that are going to be fun. So it'll be nice to kind of get a preview of that with how some of these teams are playing this year. Um, do you think any? G5 teams can still make a New Year's Six Bowl yes. besides B- besides BYU? I would – well, see, and the problem here is that these G5 teams that are most likely to do so are about to join the Big 12. So, like your UCS and your Cincinnati's and your BYU's, like they're – and BYU is technically an independent. They're not even necessarily a G5. But, like, right. it is possible, I think, especially – well, for the and for the expanded playoff, like one is going to because it's going to be your top six conference winners. So there is going to be a G five team in the playoff. I don't know about Wait, what. Yeah, your top six conference winners get automatic. Your top six ranked oh, conference winners oh, get your automatic qualifiers. Year, okay. Yeah, this year, no, I don't think any G five team is going to make it. But there's going to be a G5 team making the playoff from here on out. So like it, it, and that's going to be fun to watch too, because these G5 teams like, no, they're not going to beat the number one team, but they could fuck what, up like the number what, 16. What, what do you think the uh, most likely conference from here on out is to be that team that makes it like, is, is, is it the Sun Belt? It might be the Sun Belt, obviously. Uh, I mean, I like it's not like something like I think Sunbelt from here on out is the best. I mean, like Conference USA is dissolving. Like, I mean, yeah, the they Ameri- got gutted. Yeah, the Americans about to get gutted. Like, I mean, like, like the American losing Cincinnati and um, Houston is yeah. like huge. Like, right. I th- I think the Sunbelt has done a, a great job of grabbing. Like I, I went to like we all know, yeah, yeah, Georgia Southern, right? Like grabbing, grabbing small ass schools that they only care about football. Like, yeah, I, I think they that would probably be one that I would imagine we get quite a few playoff teams out of. Uh, you've also got like the Mountain West still could, 
uh, Southwestern Conference could. I think those are probably the three most likely. Um, it's just tough. Like you said, it's tough to see the American doing it at all now that Cincinnati's gone and Houston, like you said. Like Tulsa, maybe if they end up because if they end up catching one, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it'll be fun to see who the teams are, though, because like I said earlier, those teams can fuck up like the mid-tier playoff teams Mm -hmm. if they're good enough. So uh, we're going to finish this off with buying and selling. So we're just going to do one of each tonight. Oh, that's it? I mean, if you've got more, you can do more. I'm doing one of each. All right, all right. You go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, so for my buying... This is, I mean, this is kind of a cheap buy, but I'm going to buy Tennessee. I think they're the real deal. I think Hinden Hooker is a real deal quarterback. And if anybody is going to put up a fight with Bama and Georgia, I think out of anyone so far, it's going to be them. And I even think you're, I think, I think you're in trouble for the third Saturday in October when when Tennessee has to play Alabama. Maybe, yeah. But even then, like, is it going to be any different from what anybody else has done besides Texas? Like, at, like it's still not enough for me to be like, oh, well, Tennessee sucks. No, not sucks. Like, that's not the word. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, Alabama's probably gonna gonna smack them down. But I've still got a, I've still got a few weeks before I have to worry about that. So I'm gonna keep buying and then I'm gonna sell right at the top. Okay. Uh, how about you? Who are you buying? Um, I'm I'm buying the Big Twelve. Just the Big Twelve as a conference. There we go. Yeah, if if you wanna if you wanna drill me down, I'm uh, I'm buying TCU. Yeah, that's a good like one. That, that's that's the one to buy. Like I I think TCU has shown me enough to where they could win the conference. Like the, the like Oklahoma and uh, Texas, like they're playing each other this week. Like, but both of them are down enough to where. I think TCU can really pull this out. Like, I, I like Sonny Dykes. I, I think their offense is good. Honestly, like, I'm, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but, like, TCU playoffs, like, here we go. Like, TCU top top 10. Here we go. Would love that. Like, Yeah, if we, if we could get a non – I mean, obviously Oklahoma State is going to be in that top 10 until – unless they end up dropping one, they shouldn't. But – Seeing like a TCU or even, you know, like your Kansas, God forbid, Kansas makes the top 10. Like that would just be absolute chaos. They would have to be TCU though at that point. So, I mean, having those mid-tier teams actually be good. And I can't believe I'm saying Kansas is a mid-tier Big 12 team, but they are this year. Yeah. And um, I mean, we're we're, going to see that this week. And then uh, not looking ahead, but. TCU plays Oklahoma State the week after that, so like we're, we're gonna find we're gonna find out a lot quick. But mm-hmm. overall, with the downness of my fandom, like the yeah, like the Big Twelve is what we we said it earlier on. Like the Big Twelve is gonna be a lot of fun to watch, and yeah. they they've made my life good. Yep, they've lived up to the billing that we kind of expected them to be at. So that's always a good thing. Uh, who else are you buying? Anybody else besides just the Big Twelve as a whole? Uh, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm I'm feeling like ten and two. Uh, it's, it's looking possible. 
The lane train yeah. was rolling. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm buying Wake Forest. I like Wake Forest a lot. Yeah. They've looked awesome so far. Clemson, uh, DJU, I, I think they have figured it out enough to where they're just going to run him where like he's like a fullback and that's that. Yeah, and if it works, then more power to him. Yeah, exactly. All right, flipping over to selling. <sighs> I think I'm gonna have to sell Kansas. You've talked. You've talked me into. Uh, I, I, I'm selling Kansas as well. Like yeah, it's you talk me done. I hold on. Let me let me pull up the schedule. But like, they've got They're TCU. Running. Yeah. So they've got TCU, then they've got Oklahoma, then they got Baylor, and they got Oklahoma State. Like, then they got Texas Tech, Texas. Like, honestly, we 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 led to it a little bit earlier. Like, if they can go bowling, like that'd be awesome. But yeah. like, these next seven games are this like is the very, their schedule. Yeah, it's very tough. Yeah. Like, I I don't know if they can win any of these games. I I do think the ride kind of ends this week. So. Um... Out of those, like I feel like Texas Tech is probably a win is a winnable game. I don't know if it's one that they're going to win, but it's one that they have the potential. They have the potential to win based on what they've done so far. Based on what they've done so far, they have the potential to win any of these games. True. Like, yeah. I mean, that's fair. But will they? Texas Tech and Lubbock is honestly the hardest one I've seen. You think? Yeah. No, I, I I'm going. Road advantage, like I. That's true. The the, the Big Twelve is a toss up, so yeah. I I haven't seen anything from any of these teams that can show me they like they can do the thing. Like yeah. Um. Do, do you have any cells? Yeah. So besides Kansas, I would also. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell Penn State. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I'm going oh. to. Do it. They're a, they're a good football team. That being said, Clifford is still kind of holding them from reaching their potential. And once they run into like Ohio State and Michigan, like those two teams are going to put it on them. So I, it, the ride is going to end at some point for them as well. And it's probably going to be a little later into the season. And like there's they're still a good football team. They'll probably still end up like top 15, maybe top 10 team. But like part of it is a hot take reaction to that Northwestern game where they just kind of stunk, but like they, I I'm selling on them. No, I, I don't blame you. And um, then Washington probably going to sell what's left of Washington. I think that loss just kind of broke them. If damn, I had, dude. if I had anything left in Oklahoma, I would sell that too. Like they're Oklahoma is just looking like toast right now. So it's it's hard because you were doing this week to week and you're you never know which teams are just having an off week. But how about yeah. you? Who who else you got selling? Um I am selling honestly I'm selling Oregon. Okay. Uh yeah, I'm I'm not bought in. Uh Pac-12 North seems strong enough that they might lose a shootout and the South. Uh, I mean, Utah, USC, UCLA, like everyone looks strong enough to where. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that, like really, that's about it. Like Syracuse, I think it's time to sell Syracuse. Like, yeah, I know. It's not. It's like Kansas. Like the ride is going to end at some point. Yeah, like you, like you said, the ride's just it's over. Like they they can't keep on winning every game. Um, but it, they're they're coming up in the conference play where it's probably time. Yeah, I agree with that. And Kentucky, like it's it's still. Oh, I'm going to keep selling Kentucky. That's that's a fair play. I mean, they they did not look good, and it, it's just tough because I do think that they Mark Stoops is a good coach, and I think that they're a well coached football team. But like they they shot themselves in the foot too many times this past week to really be confident in them. Yeah, no, I agree. So, all right, any other any other sells for you? Uh, no, I'll sell Penn State with you. <laughs> There we go. Just gonna dump on Penn State this time. I'll, I'll, I'll also uh, sell Michigan State. Just go. <laughs> just, just get out of it. Uh, my last one. I'm gonna sell BYU because they are gonna lose this week. I'm just gonna manifest that and will it into existence. If I get burned, I get burned. But I think that'll about wrap up our recap for this past week. Uh, we've got our down with the picnic episode that's gonna be coming out tomorrow. But we will be back with the preview episode Thursday night, and we'll have it out to you Friday. And then we will lead you into the weekend. So in the meantime, have a good rest of your evening, everybody. Feel free to follow us on Twitter. Join us on the Discord. Like, rate, review, share, all that stuff. Get the word out. But one more thing. Don't tweet at recruits. Nope. Nope. Don't do it. Some of them taking visits right now. Just let them be. So, good night, everybody.